Welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. We've started a sermon series called Home for the Holidays, or Home for Christmas, and uh, what we want to see is God's kingdom come to our homes. Uh, we want to see his, his rule and his reign happen right where we live. Uh, and it's got to happen in our living rooms. And so uh, for many of us, those of us who are married, um, some of the greatest struggles and victories uh, will be in your home and, um, and in your marriage. And this is where the enemy will fight you the hardest. And yet this is where the greatest provision of God's strength will come to you. And so it's important. It's important that we have the kingdom of God in our marriages. For those of you that are not married, we believe this is still very applicable to you um, because really uh, all close relationships um, are, are somewhat similar in that we, 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 we are all after the same things. And so, um, so listen up. If you want to be married someday, if you have been married and you'd like to be married again, um, uh, however, whatever your current status is, uh, don't just tune out when oh, they're talking about marriage. And, uh, this is, <laughs> Scripture talks a lot about marriage, and you, it's the Word of God, and so we want to read it. Um, but uh, we want to we want to talk about it in the context of what we've been talking about starting last Sunday. We talked about the stump, um, and we looked at <laughs> Isaiah chapter eleven, uh, where Isaiah tells us that the family tree of Jesus is basically going to be brought down to a stump. Isaiah eleven uh, verses one through three uh, tells us this: that a shoot will come up uh, from the stump of Jesse. Uh, Jesse is David's dad. And so a shoot, a branch will come up from the stump of Jesse. And that's why I tore down this tree last week to get down to the stump, because that's what happened to Jesus' family tree. His roots, uh, from his roots, a branch will come and bear fruit. And so we talked about, you know, what do you do when your family tree is just is basically just a stump? Uh, and if you, if you miss that, that podcast is online on our website. Um, but uh, not only is our family tree sometimes a stump, but I think sometimes our marriages have been broken down basically to a stump. And this isn't the time to say amen. Don't shout me down at this point. Um, <laughs> husbands, don't, don't say anything. Just look straight ahead. Um, but there, I, think, I think every marriage at some point gets, gets broken down. Uh, you don't just go, uh, basically going from glory to glory, as scripture says, isn't always glorious, okay? It's not always uh, greater. It's not always better. It's not always, it's not always up and to the right, um, if you're looking at it this way, up and to the right. It's not always like that, the old, the old charts. Uh, there are times in our, in our marriages where we're broken down and we feel like we've lost. It feels like we took one step forward and five steps backward. Um, and this is what we mean by the stump. And so there's another scripture uh, where that talks about a stump found in Job. Job went through a little bit of suffering, which you, you might have heard about. Um, he went through quite a bit. And so I'd like to look at Job 14 right here, verse 7. Uh, he says, Job says, at least there is hope. And that's the key word. We want you to walk away from these sermons throughout the month of December with some hope. That whatever your situation, whatever last week, if your family tree is jacked up, um, there is still hope for you to create a new family tree. That through the help of the Holy Spirit, through the presence of God in your family, and when you receive him, 
it can really change the course of your, of your history, of your children and their kids. And so there is hope. Uh, at least there is hope for a tree if it is cut down. It will sprout again and its new shoots or its new branches will not fail. Its roots may grow old in the ground and its stump die in the soil. Okay, so he's envisioning the same kind of stump we've been talking about. Yet, he says, at the scent of water, it will bud and put forth shoots like a plant. And so last week we talked about how if your family tree is a stump, you must receive Jesus and he starts growing within your family and he starts changing your family. This week I want to talk about that if your marriage is kind of like a stump, uh, if your marriage is stumped, uh, if your marriage has been stumped, and I think all marriages get stumped along the way. We've been stumped a couple of times. Um, if your marriage is stumped, what it needs is a scent of water. It's what scripture says. Uh, oh, the home for Christmas scripture that I was reading. Uh, Job chapter 14 at City Chapel uh, tells us, verse 9, that at the scent of, of water, um, there we go, th this is what that stump needs. There's some stumps that need to receive Jesus. And it, yeah, you can just leave scripture up there. There's some stumps that need to receive Jesus, but there are some stumps that just need some water. Like it just needs some water. Water it brings life to it. And at the scent of water, it starts to grow. And this is what we've noticed in our marriage, that, that no matter what stump we have been stumped on, uh, no matter where we, where, where we are at, that honestly, if we start pouring some water into this thing, um, growth, new life really comes out of it. And by water, I think, I think, I think the, the water is an essential element to life. And I think in marriage, uh, connect, connection, a sense of connection is an essential element. And so that's, that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about how to pour the water of connection into our marriages and, and what that might do in us and, and for us. Yeah. For any of you that have got to know me and Harry over the last few years, you'll know that we're quite different. And I tend to be very fast, very efficient. This one tends to be a little bit slow, a little bit um, thorough. And uh, that's, that's thorough. <laughs> I tend to be an avoider of things, especially if they are unpleasant. I like life fun and peaceful and joyful. Harry tends to be really good at working through the hard stuff. He taught himself how to read code, for goodness sake. Oh, I would have died in the first hour. So boring. But yet this man did it. He worked his way through it. And I don't like long discussions. When we were dating, we would have these long discussions. And I was like, oh, my goodness, kill me now. Can we please just go and have some fun? So I don't like the long discussions. I like short discussions, efficient discussions, pleasant discussions. This is what I like. Okay, but connection doesn't always come that way, I have found out. He is not a robot. No, he actually likes some long discussions sometimes, and they're necessary. So I had turned our marriage a little bit into sometimes a bit of a to-do list. I was like, okay, what does Harry need? Bam, 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 bam. Done. Good. Checked off the list. Now I can go and watch a movie. You know, this is how my brain worked a little bit. And um, lately we've been discovering that that is not where connection is because I would say to him, look, I've done all the things you said you wanted me to do. Why am I not hitting the target? Because the target keeps moving, I would say to him. I was like, I would do this, and mm, that didn't work. So I'd be like, give me a new target. I'll hit the target. I'll do it. And all Harry wanted was to actually sit down and have a long discussion. Oh, good. 
fun. We can do that. That is no. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> did you really say all Harry wanted was to no. sit down and have a long discussion? Did that just come out? It's fine. What Weird I've, things come out when you're up here. You know, we, we, anyway, it, it happens. What we found out, the connection is to want to hear what is going on with the other person. Hmm. The good, the bad, and even when it applies to you and it's not so nice to actually want to sit down with them and listen to them and hear what's going on. And um, it's not quick and it's not pretty sometimes. Um, and it's not always clapping hands and fun, but it is very good. And what I have found, when I concentrate on that, when I concentrate on taking that time to hear what's going on and for me to share, because I'm not a big sharer, I like to keep things to myself. So for us to have that quality time, then all the other stuff falls into place. All the stuff that makes Harry feel loved just happens. Yeah, I mean, I don't enjoy long, drawn-out conversations. This is not Lord. a joy of mine. This is not why I got married. This is this is not what I was looking for on, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, online. We met online. So that was it wasn't in the profile. Um, I, I, it's not like the key. But we have found that it's necessary. It's not that we it's not that we enjoy we enjoy the we enjoy the product. There's some there's some processes that aren't that that wonderful. But but when you can enjoy the product, then the product is so powerful. And so for us, uh, when we were stumped, I would say the first time we really got stumped was um, uh, about two and a half years after we were married, this is 10 years ago now, um, we uh, uh, got pregnant um, for Madden, our first, our first child. And um, we love Madden. We love, we, love our, we love our kids. Our kids are a huge blessing to us now. Um, and, um, but, but, <laughs> but seriously, if you, want to, if you want to throw a monkey wrench in your marriage, just, just have kids. Um, it really does. It changes things. It changes the dynamic of, of your home. It changes the dynamic even of, of, of our relationship. And, um, and so, um, we are going to, uh, this, the, the, the title of this talk is called under the mistletoe. And we chose to talk about the mistletoe specifically because it's kind of romantic. Uh, under the mistletoe is where you, have long conversations. I think that's what you're supposed to and look into each other's eyes. No, that's where you kiss. This is about kissing. Um, so anyway, um, th that was the title of our talk because for us, that was a major place where we got stumped um, in physical intimacy, um, specifically when 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 we got pregnant. Um, and so what we, what we want to do, we don't want to make everybody feel uncomfortable today because at church, people have really weird things about talking about that. And they're like, you shouldn't talk about that in church. Um, and part of that is, I think, um, because we've grown up in churches where that was never talked about and you're never allowed to talk about it, which I don't think is a healthy thing. Um, but I think also part of that is people have actual um, abuse. Uh, physical abuse around that. So it's a painful topic to talk about. It's, it's, it's full of guilt, shame, and things that are not of God. And um, that's the only reference they have for that. So it's very difficult to share about that in church. Um, but also, I think it's, it's a difficult topic because many of us um, like to pretend that we are entirely thrilled with our lives in that, in, in that regard. And really, we're not. 
and it starts exposing some things like, oh yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm really not 100% okay here. And so um, what we want to do though, is we don't want to turn this into a big counseling session, but um, after church today, actually eight o'clock tonight, we're gonna go Facebook Live in our, um, in our Facebook group. And um, we're just gonna share a little more about our story and a little more of if this is an area that you've been stumped in, um, you can ask questions. You can anonymously text um, our, our, cell, our church cell phone number thingy, um, the website, and we'll answer those questions as honestly and as truthfully as we can, not about us, but about you, um, about, about you, how you've been stumped and ways that maybe you can get unstuck, ways that you can add water to that, some connection to that, um, because it really is a real thing. And um, I never had anybody really talk to me about what to do when when your wife is the size of a house and and her all of all of her desire has taken a vacation um and i don't mean like a three-day trip to san antonio i mean like packed up and gone to antarctica you know and attack probably attacked by a yeti and it's like four feet this lifeless corpse is four feet under the snow you know that is like that kind of vacation and it was it was it was difficult for both of us because the way that we both dealt with pregnancy and then having a newborn and then pregnancy again and having another newborn um really we learned more of what not to do which is great if you want to be the king of what not to do but it's not very helpful when you actually want to know what to do and um and so and so really what, what happened is god began speaking to me um first about 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 my issue, um, really about bitterness and about um, not pursuing my wife the way that scripture tells me I should. And, um, and then this water started coming into our marriage and this life started coming out. And this was about six years ago um, that that happened. And so we have some distance from that now and we've learned some things from that. Um, and we're still learning some things from that. And we're still, d d it's, you can, like if you've ever been stumped in an area of your marriage, you can almost always trip over it. Whatever new life comes back, you can almost always, it's always trippable. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's that thing that the enemy can always really, really work at and we've had to fight in that, in that arena. And not actual physical fighting, but um, but we've had to really fight for that arena. And because we've actually had some battles, I think we've had some victories there, which I think is another reason why people don't share, why, why pastors don't share about their personal marriages. Uh, not because they don't want to share the victories, but because they really don't want to let you know about the serious battles that have gone on. Um, because it it humanizes us and it makes us makes you realize that we're no better or different than you even. Uh, we fumble around just as much as everybody else, and we're trying to hear from the Holy Spirit. And so there, but there are a couple of things, and so we'll get in. We'll get into that more on Facebook tonight. If you want to hear more about that, and you want, you have questions about your marriage, um, or maybe even the marriage that you had, um, and you're trying to get some revelation on how it went wrong, um, and maybe what you could do better next time, right? Um, because because this area, uh, physical intimacy, is one of the top three reasons why people say that they get divorced. Um, not because of it, but because of the lack of it and um, the, the, the unfulfillingness of it. And so that's not a word, but I made it up. Um, but but we, want to, we, want, we want to touch on that. We want to share about that and just be honest, as honest as we can and as helpful as we can to you if you're, if you're dealing with this. Um, but one thing that uh, we have found is that there's really two, two primary factors that have helped bring water 
to our marriage in the area where we've been stumped. And I don't know what area you all have been stumped in, but in the area that we've been stumped, uh, we found we found that as 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 Ro was saying, the the physical stuff of what we were stumped in wasn't the issue. And you're going to find that the issue really isn't the issue. It's never the issue is never the issue. Um, so if it's finances, it's the finances are not the issue. Um, if it's raising kids, you know, disagreement about what we should discipline or should we discipline or should we let them do that? It, the issue is never the issue. Um, and so it's, it's good to acknowledge the issue. It's good to address the particular issue that you've been stumped on, but then to go below that issue and to really look at um, what it is that you both really want. And that is connection. 10 out of 10 girls, <laughs> that's, that's all of them, um, in marriage, really what they want is they want somebody to be intimately connected to. And 10 out of 10 boys, that's all of us, really what we want is we want somebody to be intimately connected to, somebody that we trust with our lives, somebody that we trust with our kids, with our families, with the most intimate part of us. And it is that deep connection. And so I have found that no matter what the issue is, if we can foster connection, if we can bring about connection, that, that scent of water just starts creating new growth. And, um, and I will say that we have been blessed that we've never, I mean, we've never yelled at each other. I've never raised our voices. We never called each other names. I mean, she calls me like sweet pea and stuff like that, but, but we've never, but, no, but like, like people I counsel, they're like calling each other stuff that I, I've never called anybody, but it's the most intimate person and they're, they're, they're dissing them. And so, so, so you need to know that's not normal. Okay. If that kind of, if, if, if verbal abuse is going on, if physical abuse is going on, that, 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 that's not good. You need to stop that right now. But, but even, but even, but, but even in, in people who call themselves Christians, they get so angry that they'll say stuff. And man, so we've just never had that. We've never struggled through that. Um, we've never struggled with infidelity, although some of you have and have come out the other side. We have some great testimonies of that. But our story is really just um, uh, a marriage that, that was great and then, and then wasn't. It uh, was more sort of good or okay. And then is trying to get great again. Um, that's really the story of our, of our marriage. And so, so two keys that we have found, and, and uh, we've we got to wrap this up, but two keys are, number one, um, you have to look into your own heart. Uh, you must look into your your heart. Uh, you have to, uh, if, if, if you want to restore the connection uh, in your marriage, the first thing to do is to look into your own heart. And there's always some, there's always some issues within our own hearts that's keeping us from reaching out and connecting with that other person. And so for Ro, she's found that trust is one of those key issues. Um, for me, uh, humility is one of the key issues. Um, and I, I think this is probably true for a lot of guys and girls, uh, that trust is, is an issue for, for a lot yeah. of ladies. Yeah. I, I mean, I grew up, you know, in New Zealand and, uh, we're three islands in the middle of nowhere. And I don't know because we're islands, we grow up really tough or I'm not sure, but apparently, you know, Sheree talks about the same thing in Australia. Women over there are just a bit tough. They're a little bit independent, they don't really like having to depend on other people, and I am definitely that person. And um, this has thrown a spanner, and that works, let me tell you. Spanner is a wrench. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> it's always good to have my interpreter. <laughs> 
So, you know, I've had to learn to share with Harry. I've had to learn, you know, because he'll say to me over the years, he's like, well, what's going on in your head? I'm like, oh, baby, I don't even like what's going on in my head. I don't want to share it with you. It's ugly. You don't want to know that. And I, I just haven't felt the need. I'd rather go for a walk with the Lord, sort it all out, come back, you know, happy and peaceful again and share that with him. But he actually wants to know the, um, the hard stuff. So, you know, the Lord, coming up, preparing this week, the Lord gave me a dream. I sometimes get spiritual dreams. And he gave me a dream that really, it was two nights worth of dreams. And I kept waking up saying to Harry, what the heck? These dreams are chaotic. I mean, they are stressful. And um, I was praying about the second one, and I really felt like the Lord wanted me to share it with you. Um, as happens in dreams, you know, we're at a house with many, many, many people, and Harry and me are out in the garden, and Harry finds a snake, and Harry picks up that snake. That never happens in, the in dream. real life. This, this is, is the in dream. the dream. Yes, <laughs> Harry shoots the snake in real life. But in the dream, he picked up the snake and turned it around to show me. And then he starts like shoving it in my face and I'm backing off and screaming like a little girl in the dream, which I do do with snakes. And that would be funny. <laughs> and I'm like, stop it, stop it. And he keeps like pointing the snake at me and I realize that the snake is going to bite me and Madden's beside me. And so I turn around and push Madden out the way so she doesn't get bitten and I get bitten on the arm. Now, neither of us think the snake is venomous because we're just not that smart at that sort of stuff. And um, neither of us think it's venomous and we go on our way. And so everybody in this whole house, because there's hundreds of people in this house, who knows why, but they're all going down to the bus to go on a trip somewhere. And so everybody's getting ready to go down the bus and I'm walking around the house trying to find my handbag and trying to find like a matching pair of shoes. And I've got all these things in the dream that I'm just really distracted and really, well, I can't. And I go down to the bus to check on everybody and they're all like, hurry up. And I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying. But I don't tell them that I've realized that the snake was venomous and I'm actually, you know, losing it a little bit. And I go back upstairs in the house trying to look for my stuff and I actually end up dying up there, upstairs by myself. And, you know, I wake up from the stream, I'm like, oh, Harry, it was horrible. You pointed a snake at me. It was terrible. I saved the child, honey. I saved the child. But, uh, and the Holy Spirit. Have you ever got in trouble for stuff you didn't do? <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're such a hard life, honey. And, um, and so the Holy Spirit was talking to me and he was saying, he was showing me some stuff about marriage. And he was saying, you know, sometimes in marriage we can hurt each other. Um, we were doing a Bible study this week and it was talking about slander and slander is actually the word diablos, which is the word for Satan and it means to accuse. And so whenever you choose to slander other people, you are actually accusing them. You're, you're doing the devil's work. You're being an accuser in their life. And so I, I feel like that dream, the snake, we, it's, a, it's a reference to that we can accuse each other, we can slander each other, we can hurt each other. And sometimes we don't think that it's deadly. We just think that it's, you know, Harry in the dream just thought the snake was interesting. He didn't know that that was going to be deadly. Mm. And um, sometimes in marriage we can save our children instead of saving our marriage, especially as women, we tend to prioritize. You know, I remember when the babies were little, I would celebrate if I'd had a shower by 3 p.m. I mean, that was a major highlight of the day because it's chaotic having a young child. And we put ourselves on the back burner and we can tend to put our marriage on the back burner to save those children. And so I feel like that was a warning in the dream. And the other warning was, 
you know, I could have come down in the dream and told everybody on the bus, you know what? I think that snake was venomous and we better get me to the hospital. I didn't. I went back upstairs and I died alone. And that is my natural inclination. My natural inclination is not to share with Harry what's going on and, and offer for him to come in and help me because he's actually an incredibly good helper. He's very wise. And, um, and so in the dream, I died alone. And I just want to encourage you guys, don't die alone. Don't die alone upstairs when you could come back down and you could ask your spouse for help and you could connect with them. Yeah, that's true. That's good. Um, and, and not only your spouse, but you can ask other people for help. Um, as pastors, you know, we, uh, we can't just go to one of you and say, we're struggling with this. Can you tell us what to do? Um, but we do have people that we do go to. Um, we have even just, I mean, heck, even just a few weeks ago, we Skyped in with this older couple that we're connected to. Are they watching today? Yeah. And, um, and, and they've been, you know, a source of inspiration to us. Um, and they're just, they've been down the road, you know, and they, they, they talk to a lot of pastors and they deal with a lot of things. And so we, we had, we had run into some stuff. It's like, we don't know how to, how to fix this. We don't know how to move forward. And um, which, by the way, is what we're talking about. We're talking about a marriage that's moving forward. We're talking about a marriage that's moving forward. It's, 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 it's so deceptive in our culture to feel like you're moving forward, but not actually make any progress. And so that's, that's the kind of marriage that we want to have, though. We want to have the kind of marriage that's moving forward that's actually making progress, that we have stories of the victories of his grace, as, as the song says, that we have stories of the victories of the power of God in our marriage at our most weakest, most vulnerable places, that we, that we have stories of where God came in and did something that only God can do. We want those stories. We want victory. We don't want to act like we're moving forward um or 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 get the illusion that that we're moving forward but never have any battles if you don't have any battles you're not moving forward let's put it that way and so we even met with that with that couple and we said look we're dealing with this and this is how this is how this is what we think um but what do you think what have you seen what do you know and i'm telling you people people know a lot more than you people know a lot more than me and so use them utilize them reach out for help um, reach out for help to, um, uh, to us as, as your pastors, to other pastors here on staff at the church. Um, reach out to help as small group leaders. Reach, reach out for help to your spouse as well. And this is where I think it requires a lot of humility, which is something that is difficult for me, um, to come to Roe and to say, I need you. To come to Roe and to say, I am sorry. Those, those, those two statements have been some of the hardest statements I've ever made. One, I'm sorry, and two, I need your help. Those two statements are so difficult because, because pride wants to say, one, I don't need anybody. I can fix this. I got this. Me and Jesus. You can't judge me. Uh, you know, I mean, all that, all that, just that, that whole me in my little corner, that's pride. Because pride, because it's, it takes humility to say, I have a weakness here. I have a struggle here. I can't do this on my own. That takes so much humility. And then to say, and, and then to say, I'm sorry, right? That takes humility. And that's something we all need to practice more often. But uh, just simply to admit when we are wrong, to simply admit where we are wrong. Um, if you're 1% wrong, you're wrong. I know you're 99, you're 99% right, but 
but there's that one percent. There's that one part of yeah, you know what? And and this, and and this has been so life giving to us to be able to come together where we're not attacking each other. To have, as you talked about, conversations there at the beginning. That was that was for me where where humility came into play is to actually talk to Ro about some of this stuff, um, which is why I don't know why she thinks I really enjoy these conversations. Um, I don't, but I'm really persistent about it. Maybe that's why you think I enjoy it because I'm so, to me, that is the work. That is the battle. That is the fight is to talk about it again. I know we talked about it, but let's talk. And, and because, because here's the deal. Like when you're first married, you're, 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 you, you want to talk about everything. I want to talk about the sun, the moon, the stars, evolution. I mean, for anything. You just talk and talk and talk because, because there's no history. But when you've had some like five talks around the same subject and it, and it, and it always goes south, you get tired of having talks that go south. You get tired of having explosive talks. You get tired of, of, of feeling like, oh, that was a failure. Oh, I wasted my time. You, you don't want to be vulnerable anymore. You, you start trying to protect your heart. And, and it's natural. But I'm telling you, when you start building walls for protection, it actually creates walls of isolation. And you lose the very thing that you want, which is connection. You lose, like, like, don't let a, a temporary discomfort create a long-term dysfunction. Don't, don't let temporary discomfort of a difficult conversation stop you and, and make you create this, this long-term dysfunction. This thing that's inside of you that is just kind of eating away at you and eating away at your connection. Because it, it, it won't stop there. It won't, it won't end there. It will continue eating away at you. And, and, yet, and yet in our, in our culture, it's very easy um, to maintain this idea of connection because it's like, well, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, we're, we're still married. And this is what God challenged me on is that while, yeah, it's true, we weren't going anywhere and we didn't get divorced or anything like that. The truth is my marriage vows weren't that I would stay living in the same house with you until one, one of us dies. Like, I've performed a lot of weddings, but that's not in any of the vows. I'll stay living in the same house with you until you die. That's, that's never in there. It's to love and to cherish. And I had given up on cherishing a long time, you know, about a year and a half before that. And I, and I really wasn't hardly even loving. If you look at a true definition of love, I wasn't sacrificing myself for her. I wasn't giving, I wasn't pursuing her. And so what I found is that while my marriage still looked vibrant and alive and it's easy on facebook to make stuff look like everything's popping it's amazing even as i'm counseling people they're posting stuff and i'm like well that looks a little different than what you told me huh but but that's but that's but that's what we do though it's so easy in, a, in an age of social media to basically be driving down the road in the car of your marriage and all of a sudden, you know, it breaks down and you just, and you just come to a stop and, and there's, there are broken down marriages, but then there are others that it's like, well, we didn't break down, right? Cause you just took your foot off the gas. You stuck it in neutral, which is the same thing. 
in terms of getting to a destination, being broken down and being a neutral is the same effect. The only difference is when folks pull up to your Facebook profile and say, hey, how are you doing? You can rev the engine and you, you can make some noise. Come on, somebody. You can make some noise. Look, the engine's working. AC's working. The radio's going. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're doing great. We haven't moved an inch in a year and a half, but we're doing great. We haven't had a significant discussion in over six months, but we're doing great. Yeah, I mean, look at all the noise. Look at the vacation. Look at the picture of the kids, and look how happy they are. Look at the tree. I mean, would you check out this, this great place that we went over the weekend? But you didn't go there over the weekend. Have you seen this great selfie of me and, and my kids and my kids and my kids and my kids? And my kids are, where's your spot? I don't know, but it's just me and this guy. If you see that, I mean, we're, look at all this noise. And it looks like we're revving and running and wow. We're not. We're not moving forward. And just in closing, this is the first half of our sermon. Next week, we'll preach the second half. Uh, I told you I had two points. Number one, uh, look inside your heart. And this is taking too long. So we're just going to end with looking inside your heart. To next Sunday, we'll talk about leaning on the Holy Spirit. Um, but, but, but seriously, when, 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 when you stop and look inside your heart, you realize you're not moving forward. You're still avoiding the same conversations. You're still avoiding the same stuff. And you're still stuck in the same cycle. You're still building those walls and you're still over here. And, what, and one, of the, one of the really religious statements that come out of a marriage that has stopped moving forward. And I don't know, I may offend people with this, but it, that I hear is, well, I'm, I'm, I'm asking God for a miracle for our marriage. Uh, I had somebody tell me that <clears throat> a while back and it just, it made me so sad. This person said, I'm never going to quit believing for a miracle for our marriage. And it made me so sad because I realized that she had given up on her marriage. Now, she wouldn't say that. No, she's believing for a miracle. But do you know what the definition of a miracle is? Something that only God can do. So when you, when you say... My marriage is to the point I've done everything I can do. And now, holy Jesus. You're sticking it in neutral. You're waiting for your Savior to come alongside the road and, and, and hitch up some and pull you. You're basically saying, I don't have a drive. I don't have a first gear, a second gear. I am done. I'm not moving forward. I got to be drugged. I got to be pulled. I need Jesus to come pull me. It's, 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 the, it's the Christian way of giving up. It's the Christian way of standing in your corner and saying, well, he's kind of messed up, but I, I've done everything. I, I just need Jesus now to come in here and fix all of this. There's no, there's no scripture about this. You know, you're not going to read in Ephesians chapter 5 where it says, husbands, pray to God for a miracle for your marriage. Wives, believe that God will come in and do what you cannot do. Why? Because there's so much that you can do. There is so much that you and I can do. When we look in our heart, and I'm not saying without the help of the Holy Spirit, but I'm saying with the help of the Holy Spirit, there is so much we can do. There is so much power you have to bring water to the stump of your marriage. It doesn't have to come falling from the sky. 
It can come from a barrel and a bucket in a river that you brought to this thing. You can and now, 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 now. There are situations that we can pray and ask God to to intervene and to help. And there is the miracle of salvation, and sometimes that does need to happen. Uh, you know, your spouse might have completely just gone off the rails, and they they don't believe in God, and they're not interested in doing anything. And you could have done everything that, that, that you could possibly do, and, and God can come in and, and touch that person. But even then, my, my cousin, Beth Ann, was married to a guy who just wasn't a Christian, didn't care about Christ. He was going to drink on the weekends, wasn't going to church, none of it. And that's who she was married to. And so what did she do? Threw up her hands and said, I need a miracle. No, she said, I can pray. I can pray for my husband, and I can get my family in Michigan praying, and I can get everybody and their mother praying. And after, I think it was like 10 years of us praying for Don, Don went to church on, the East, on some Easter Sunday and gave his life to Jesus. Bethann brought her kids by herself every Sunday. There is something you can do. You're not sitting on the side of the road. There is, you can show the love of God to this person. You can, you can pray for this person. You can bless this person. You can, you can engage this person. You, 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 you can do all that you can do, and there's always things that the Holy Spirit is going to be prompting you to do. And you can engage them in these, some of these difficult conversations. And so this week, I want to empower you. I want to let you know that you have a role that you can take. And maybe your marriage is done and, and you have gone through divorce. I don't want this to heap condemnation on you. I want this to heap hope on you. I want this to bring hope. Because that, that, that word hope in Job chapter, chapter 14, where it says there is hope for a stump, that word hope is from the Hebrew word rope. There's something for you to hold on to. And, and the, the word rope uh, originally comes from the word to come together, bringing all of these, these, these twines together. When you plus the Holy Spirit, plus your spouse come together. There is hope, no matter what has died, no matter what's gone wrong. And so I want to pray over you, and I want to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And we're going to speak to you again tonight on Facebook um, about where, where we were stumped and maybe even where you might be stumped. Um, yeah, if you could throw up that text message, it's the, it's the same message that we give to give financially. Um, and if you want to text throughout the day your question, uh, that, that, that you have that's kind of burning on your heart. Just text that question to that number. It's just leave that up. Um, text to that number. And uh, we want to respond to some of those questions. Um, but ultimately, I want us to look inside of our hearts and say, okay, what is God calling me to do? What step is God calling me to make? And it might be just as simple as engaging your spouse in these difficult conversations. When you engage, make sure that you're not attacking. Make sure that you're listening. Husbands, make sure that you're listening. Um, I've found that the location of the conversation is important. Uh, don't do it in, in a business setting. Don't call her into the office. <laughs> Might just be talking to myself there, but... <laughs> but the kitchen, the kitchen is also business. Don't do it in the kitchen. Because you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not dealing with business. You're dealing with your heart. So go to a place where your heart's vulnerable. 
Go to a place where your heart's soft. Go to a place where your heart is, where you remember that. Ro, uh, when we were dating, she, we were having one of these conversations and she said, you're, what did you that, that's use that mocking sorry voice. i'm using the mocking voice um <laughs> regular regular voice regular voice uh just just a little bit higher um you're using your work voice um she she she, she told me i was using my work voice she says i don't like it when you use your work voice and i'm like that's not even a thing like you can't just make stuff up that's not a thing you can't accuse me of things that aren't things and, uh, and so, you know, I was using my work voice. And so, I, but look, I didn't say that. I didn't say you can't accuse me. I just said, okay, what does that mean? And she said, I don't know. It's just your work voice. And I said, great. Sometimes that's just what you have to do because she has this totally other perspective. And I can't invalidate it because I don't understand it. I can just try to understand it. So I said, well, I'll pray about it and think about it. And that's what I did. I prayed about it and thought about it. And about two weeks later, I still didn't have any answers. Two weeks later, um, I was with somebody who was talking to his wife in a work environment. And he was talking to her like she was an employee. And I was like, huh, that's the work voice. That's the, like, that's, like, I don't want to do that to my wife my future wife i don't i don't i don't like how that sounds it's different when it's coming out of your mouth it sounds fine but <laughs> when it's coming out of somebody else you're like that's kind of oh that's the word that's what i did and so i came back and so i think i figured out is this what you mean when i when i treat you kind of like an employee she's like yeah so anyway so we had this revelation this moment so even if you don't understand it even if she's or he's telling you something that you're like that's really not a thing that's not even a thing and since we have found out that there's not only a work voice there's a uh, what did you call the call it last time? It's like in between work voice and regular voice. It's somewhere in the the I don't know. There was another term for it, which I'm trying to figure that one out. And, and so, and so you you have these these revelations, and you can't you like you can't fight it. You can't argue. You just have to, just have to say, okay, that's your perspective. I need to get some revelation on this. I need to figure out what that means. And and, and giving examples is something we've used in our conversation so many times. That so that is to you what this is to me. And you're like, oh, yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. And the, because you're speaking a totally different language. And so trying to, to, to have a conversation, not to get stuff off your chest, but to bring somebody close to your chest, to bring connection, to understand. One last scripture, Ephesians, uh, I think it's chapter 4, verse 29, tells us that in every conversation, there shouldn't be any unwholesome word coming out of your mouth or your Facebook post, but only such a word as is good for edification. You know what the word edification means? It means to build something, to go forward, to move forward. Only that stuff that's going to help you move forward. Uh, the rest of the verse says, according to the need of the moment. Oh, come on, somebody. Not the need of six months ago. <laughs> oh, I'm preaching now. Not the need. of No, the need of the moment. What does this person need from me? so that she can move forward? What does my husband need for me so that he can move forward? So that it will give grace. That's what these conversations are supposed to do. Grace is the power, divine power, to do what God's called you to do. So ought to walk away with grace and power. Not shame, not guilt, 
but grace. So the motivation for these conversations that I want you to have, and maybe even just schedule, maybe even just say, like, don't wait till, you, till you're angry to have these conversations. Don't wait till something comes up. Do it before that, just tonight. Pastor Harry and Rose said, we need to have this conversation. And, um, and listen and ask, where do you need grace, honey? Where do you need power? Where, where can I help you? How can I, what, what area do you need help in? And start down that journey, and you'll probably find that there's some, there's some things, there's some stumps that you're going to come across. And that's good, because then that's where you can bring the water. That's where you can bring grace and understanding and forgiveness, repentance. That's what I found. I found I had to, I actually went to you and said, I'm sorry for this attitude that I've been having. And I didn't think it was visible and it probably wasn't because I'm pretty good. I've been in church long enough. I know how to be a hypocrite. I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> I learned, I learned how to, how to fake it till you make it. I learned how to smile. I learned how to say the right stuff. I, I figured that out, but you can't fake the results. Can't fake the death of the stump. You can't, you can't, you can put fake trees on it, but it, it just blows off. You can't fake the loss of connection that we were feeling, that we were both feeling. And that, I knew I was partly to blame for that. And so I had to repent for that. And I had to start this new thing of being persistent and really saying, really once a week I think is a great time to check in with your spouse. How are you doing on this? How are you doing on that? How are you doing on that? Um, to really uh, start having these conversations. And uh, we'll be happy to walk with you and work, work with you um, through that. But let's go to the Lord in prayer right now as maybe the Lord is laying something on your heart even now that you need to share with your spouse or with somebody that's important in your life, something that's been keeping you from connection. Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to speak to us. You, you are uh, our source of strength. You are our connection point. Um, you are the one that even, even, if our, even if our spouse is not you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing, you are able to help us do what we are called to do. You are our sure and present help in time of need. And so we call on you. I ask you, Lord, to reveal truth to us. Open up your, your perspective to us. Help us. Help us at the end of the Help us by the time we get to the end of our, our road. God, may we, may we present your son or daughter to you with as few wounds and scars as possible, with as few bumps and bruises, that we love them well, that we protected them, that we defended them, that when all the rest of the world was against them, we had their back, we were there for them. May we be the biggest cheerleader and the biggest supporter not in a fake way, but in a real, true way, where our needs are the greatest. May we fill the gaps. May we heal the wounds that the world <laughs> does to us. And may we raise up godly children in a godly household with people who love you, give to their community, and serve people, bless the world around them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's have a time of giving. Ushers, if you would come forward um, and just stand ready. If, if you're a regular attender of City Chapel, this is your chance to give um, financially to the Lord. You can give 
online. If you're watching online, you can also give via text message. A lot of people do that. Just text the word give um, to that phone number right there, and it'll set up giving through text. Um, or if you give by cash um, or check, you can give in the in the buckets right now, the offering envelope. I'll give you a moment just to fill fill some of that out. Um, one thing that you may have noticed is new today. Um, I wanted to point out uh, we have uh, we have some shelves out there in the hallway on on the wall opposite this wall, and uh, there's some books out there you might have seen. Um, these books were donated by by one of our members, and um, some of them are new, some of them are used, but they're awesome, awesome material that we are making available to you all um, for you just to, to borrow. Um, if, you, if you want, I'll tell you what, uh, they are really, really deep though. They're, they're hardcore. These are for serious, like if you're really wanting to get closer to God, this, this is the stuff, okay? Uh, this is the hard stuff. This is the heavy stuff. Um, this book right here, for instance, is The Knowledge of the Holy, one of my favorite books of all time by A.W. Tozer. I read this when I was 10, and it changed my life. Um, I've read it, uh, I don't know, 15 times since then. We read it when we first got married. We read it together. Um, and it's, it's so deep, though. It's not, it's not a very thick book, but wow, it's rich. Like you read one page, and you have to go away and think about it. Uh, but that's what it's for. And we're making these available to you to just, if, 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 if you feel God leading you to more, check out the, the bookshelf, um, grab one of them, take them home for a week or a month or however, however long you need to make it through it, and then uh, bring it back for other people to be able to borrow it. Um, but we have all those books out there. Um, and if you have a book or two that you'd like to donate as well, come see me. Um, I'll check it out. I'll read it, and we'll, we'll stick it out there um, on the bookshelf as well. We want to provide as many um uh, good materials for you to move forward in your faith. I know we, we had some books back at the school um, in a little box in the back, but now we have a permanent shelf, glory to God, and uh, it's, it's available to you for that. So, Lord, we thank you for those who are giving today, and uh, we bless their gifts, and we ask that you would use it for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and pass the buckets. While they're passing um, the buckets, just, just one announcement. Uh, next Sunday is the gingerbread house making competition uh anybody any, anybody already got their gingerbread houses you got a few people yeah um this is a, a kids and parents gingerbread house competition and so my kids have been bugging both of us to do it and so each of my kids have an entry um basically the the plan is um the 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 kids ministry has put out the rules for this um but if your kids want to participate um you can help adults can help um, I've been using some of my my arts and craft skills uh, this week, and um, but anyway, um, we're gonna we're gonna make gingerbread houses. We're gonna bring them here after church. We're gonna go through and judge them, just mark uh, score for each one, and see who wins. Uh, it's just a fun thing. We want to encourage things for families to do together in this season. Um, school is is uh, almost out. You're gonna have some free time. Spend it with your kids. Do something together. Make some memories. Um, also, today we have uh, T-shirts for sale after service. Uh, we got our People Are Worth It shirts. Um, we ordered a whole bunch of those over the summer, and a lot of us bought them, but some of us are new since then, and so we have them for sale for $10. That's how much it costs for us to make them, um, taking cash after service just outside here. And so um, when, when we release you, uh, 
like you're being held captive. Uh, when we release you, we're going we're gonna to throw those door, that door open in the back, and you can go out that way and get a shirt if you like. Have a great week. Uh, we love you. Thanks for worshiping with us and um, connecting with us. Uh, I'll see you all next week for watching online. Thanks for watching. We'll see you later. Have a good week. God bless.